Welcome to The Itinerary, the official travel podcast presented by Premier Custom Travel. Here's your host, Chris Grum. And welcome aboard the maiden voyage of Carnival Jubilee. As I'm recording this podcast, it is day number six of seven of our maiden voyage. Actually, I guess technically it's day number seven because we get off tomorrow. Uh, we are on our final sea day as we head back into Galveston, and it has been, I think by all accounts, a very successful maiden voyage. Uh, hiccups here and there, which do happen when you're on board a brand new ship, and I'll, I'll talk a bit about those as well because we always tell you the truth here at Premier Custom Travel, uh, but it is a remarkable brand new ship, and it is very exciting for Galveston to be able to have a brand new ship for the first time. This is the first time that any cruise line has brought Galveston a new ship, and we certainly are excited, and, and it lives up to the hype. And so uh, Mickey Arison, who is the, the chairman of Carnival Corporation, and Josh Weinstein, who's the uh, president and CEO of Carnival Corporation, they should be very proud, as should my dear friend Christine Duffy, um, who's the president of the brand Carnival. Uh, they have a beautiful new ship, and we are so happy to be able to welcome it into Galveston and enjoy this ship for the foreseeable future. And, you know, you know they've committed long-term for this ship to Galveston when they put a big Texas star on the bow. Uh, you know, because you don't have to send some guy to hang over the rail and chip that thing off. Uh, so it just shows you the long-term commitment that Carnival has to Galveston. And in fact, you know, it's 23 years now that Carnival has been sailing from Galveston. Uh, you go back all the way to September of, 20, of 2000. And, and what's interesting is the first ship that sailed out of Galveston was the original Carnival Celebration. And that was the ship that was launched Right before this ship. Now, not the, the original one, but the brand new celebration, which pays tribute to one of Carnival's early ships. Uh, well, the original celebration sailed out of Galveston in 2000. And, you know, back then, those terminals were old cotton uh, storage areas, and they transformed them into what is now Cruise Terminal 25. I still call it Cruise Terminal 1 or 2, but uh, you go by the street numbers now, according to the Galveston Wharves. But anyway, that terminal was our home base, and we left last Saturday. Uh, we had two days at sea. Then went to Raritan, Honduras, Costa Maya, and Cozumel in Mexico. And now we're on our final sea day as we head back to Galveston. And I will tell you, the uh, officers and staff on board, the crew has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, they are always, as we say, the heartbeat of any cruise, and they really have lived up to that. You know, you have to work very hard to be part of the opening team on board a brand new ship. They don't let a lot of rookies come on board. Now, obviously, you'll have some new folks here and there, but the majority of these people are the ones that have earned their way on this ship, and it really does show in the level of service. Our cabin steward, one of the, among one of the best that I've ever had. Uh, our dining staff, same thing. Uh, the people that we've encountered across the ship. I'm recording this actually in the Lido Marketplace on Deck 16. They have been absolutely phenomenal. All under the helm of Captain Andrea Catalani. Uh, we got to talk with the captain briefly a few days ago. He has uh, worked on, get this, 18 different carnival ships. So you think about the career that he has had, uh, he was actually the captain that led out Mardi Gras in celebration. So now he's leading out the third ship in the Excel class, which is really exciting. You think about that. It's an honor as a captain to lead out one ship. And uh, Captain uh, Catalani has been able to lead out three ships. Uh, we've got our chief engineer, Vittorio Parasoli, and the hotel director, Pierre Camareri, who have all been just absolutely fantastic as we've gone through this first voyage for Carnival Jubilee. Now, what's interesting is when you build cruise ships, you design a new class, and you know that you're going to build X number of ships. So you might say, we're going to build three Excel class ships, or we're going to build five, or whatever the case may be. If you go back one class with Carnival, they built three Vista class ships, Vista, Horizon, and Panorama. What happens when you build these ships is, by the time your, third, your, your first ship gets into the water, your second ship is already pretty much built. You, you don't have a lot of chances to make changes within the design of ship number two. So ships one and two are always going to be very similar. And if you encounter any issues or things that you wish you had done differently, you really don't have an opportunity to make those changes on ship number two. So that's why Mardi Gras and Celebration are very, very similar in their design because 
there wasn't a lot you could do to change things. Now, certainly you can have different decor, different lounges, and they both do. Mardi Gras, for example, has the French Quarter. The Jubilee has, um, oh, sorry, not the Jubilee, the Celebration has the original doors from different carnival ships and a bar that is dedicated to 50 years of carnival history. Those are the types of little changes you can make. But essentially, the hull is designed. So you can't move spaces around. You can't really make major changes until you get to ship number three. And by the time you cut the steel for the third ship, you've already had your first ship in the water. So in this scenario, we're talking about Mardi Gras. And you've learned from your guests and you've learned from the feedback from the crew, the guests and everyone else that, you know, maybe this design of this putting this over here didn't work the way we foresaw it. And we want to change that. Or you may have built a facility that you thought was going to be a big hit. And I'll give you an example. There are some ships now that don't have conference rooms because they don't get used a lot on certain ships. And they said, well, you know what? That space that just sits open every voyage, let's put a bar in there or let's put an entertainment something in there. And that's what they have done. And so Jubilee has taken the things that they learned from Mardi Gras and from a bit from Celebration and made those small little adjustments to try to make things better. And that's why I always love getting on board a third ship in a line because you really do get to see the differences. And so if you remember, we did a podcast. Uh, it actually released the day before this ship hit set sail, but it was recorded months in advance and nobody had been on board the ship yet. And so what we wanted to do today is kind of do a, a compare and contrast and go back and look at the things that we talked about in very general senses and now give you the full experience as to what's really happening on board the ship and how these venues really do play out in real time. So we're going to start with uh, the different things that you can do. And they gave us a commemorative book, and it talks about the top 10 things to do on Carnival Jubilee. And I'm going to go through those real quick, and then we'll talk about the different features that we don't mention in the top 10 that Carnival says. So the first one is Step Beneath the Waves at Currents. So Currents is one of the new zones on board Carnival Jubilee. And in the different class ships, or, or sorry, on the different Excel ships, Mardi Gras and Celebration, they've each had six zones. Now, all three ships have four of the same zone. They've got uh, the Ultimate Playground, which we'll get to later. They've got uh, the Grand Central area. They have got the Lido deck area. These are ones that overlap across all the ships. But one of the new areas that's exclusive to Jubilee is called Currents. Now, if you've been on Mardi Gras, this is where the French Quarter is on Mardi Gras. And what they've done is they've turned this almost into an under-the-sea experience. Think um, if you were a mermaid and living under the sea, what would your area be like? And that's kind of how they've designed this area. It's a three-deck area, deck six, seven, and eight, and it is really like being under the waves. When you look up at the ceiling, you have this decor and these digital um, panels that really make you feel like the water's rushing above your head. And then as you walk down that... Um, I don't want to call it an aisle because it really is just the full length of the ship. But when you walk down there, they have these windows that, that really are about the size of what would be a porthole window in a stateroom that's an ocean view. They're the size of a big screen TV, let's say. And those during the day just have a underwater view. But at sometimes special things happen. They turn into an aquarium where your kids can draw a fish or whatever they would like, and it will swim through there. There's also times, last night I walked through there, they were doing a virtual fireworks show where not only were the fireworks going off through those virtual windows, but also in the panels above in the ceiling. And even on the floor, you saw the reflection of the fireworks. Now, it has a wow factor like you wouldn't believe, but on top of that, it has some pretty cool areas to hang out in. Uh, and one of them is the number two thing on the list, and that is have a drink at Dr. Inc.'s Ph.D., now, Dr. Inks is a clever play on words. So think about that. Dr. D-R period. Inks. Drinks. That's where they're playing on the words. Dr. Inks, which is the first bar in the Currents area. Now, this is a place, and the other bar in, this, in the Currents area uh, is another one that they've really taken the drink menu and had a lot of fun with it. And I'll give you some examples uh, in just a moment here. But Dr. Inks is um, an under-thee-seamed bar. It does have entertainment throughout the cruise, all sorts of different things going on there. But it is also cleverly decorated. The um, pillars of the actual bar are uh, um, octopus arms. And a lot of the drinks are done in a style 
like I said, that you would expect to see at an undersea bar. A lot of them are fancy with uh, smoke or with uh, different things like a gummy fish to make you really feel like you are drinking something that came from under the sea. Very, very clever menu at this particular bar. And I'm going to pull up on my phone the menu on here on the Fun Hub app so we can kind of talk about just a couple of the cocktails. So in Dr. Inks, just to give you a couple of examples, uh, you have the Ocean Bubble, which is a Stoli Citrus Vodka, Blue Curacao, Apple and Lime Juice. Um, one of the ones that I got to try that I really enjoyed, i got to find it here, I forget which one it is, um, well, while I'm going through the list, I'll read another one. The Seafoam, which is totally vanilla vodka, a coconut puree, coconut water, and blue spirulina foam. So, like I said, it's just a, not only is it a beautiful drink to look at, but it's delicious. Uh, another one that we tried, uh, and i got to find it here on the menu, was, where is it? Uh, the, yeah, here it is. The Seahorse Glide. And this one was a Sazerac rye whiskey with amaretto liqueur, spiced brown sugar syrup, Fee Brothers Turkish tobacco bitters, Fee Brothers Aztec chocolate bitters, and then they used a smoke gun on it. And it really brought out that rye whiskey, the Sazerac, and then also the other tastes as well. Uh, and these are the types of drinks that you find at Dr. Inc.'s Ph.D., now, another thing that you can do on board the Excel class ships, Mardi Gras celebration, and Galveston's own Jubilee, is you can go for a spin on Bolt, the ultimate sea coaster. Now, I'm on deck 16 right now. Bolt is a couple of decks above me, and I can feel it running. Whenever the, ro whenever the roller coaster goes over the tracks, you can feel it running up on the upper deck. It's a really cool experience. It is a two-seat roller coaster. There it goes. Literally, it just shook me where we are. Uh, it's a two-seat car that goes around the back half of the upper deck of Jubilee. You go around the big funnel. And by the way, if you've seen a carnival ship before, you know they have the red whale tail funnel. This one is a much wider and much thicker whale tail funnel because it's a much bigger ship. You go all the way around that funnel. You go around the back deck. You go around the, the, um, the mini golf course, the splash zones and all of that. It's a great little ride. Uh, and I probably shouldn't say little because it's pretty good uh, length. But you get to ride around the upper deck. Now, it is an additional charge. You can go on the app and reserve the time you want to go. The only downside to Bolt is that it is subject to the weather. And, and, and I mean, I guess all amusement parks and, and roller coasters are subject to that. If it's too windy or if it's raining, Bolt doesn't run. And that's out of an abundance of caution. They don't want anybody getting injured. The other thing that they are very, very, very strict about is the height and weight requirements. When you go up to the entrance of Bolt, you will see a sign that tells you minimum height, maximum height, minimum weight, maximum weight. There's also a ride vehicle right there. So you can get on a sample of what the car feels like and find out, do I really feel comfortable doing this? The front seat passenger is basically like driving a motorcycle. You're leaning forward, your hands are on the handlebars, and you get the unobstructed view. The person in the back is kind of like the wingman. Think of Goose and Top Gun, although it doesn't end as badly as it did for Goose. But, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, but you're sitting in the back and you're basically just enjoying the ride. So if you're afraid to be up front, you don't want to lean over and do the stuff, uh, you don't have to. Now, you're obviously both bolted in with a nice seat belt, but uh, you can try out the ride vehicle and decide, okay, I want to be in the front, I want to be in the back, whatever the case may be, and they will take care of you. And, and not only do you go around the upper deck, but you have the spectacular view of either the port or the ocean, depending on when you ride bolt. Another cool thing, and this is number four on Carnival's top ten of things to do on Carnival Jubilee, Galveston's brand-new ship, Fill your mug with beer brewed on board. So what they have done on the Excel class ships, if you've never been on Mardi Gras or Celebration, is they have taken a couple of different carnival concepts and merged them together in what they call on board this ship and the other two Excel class ships, uh, the Summer Landing. And now the outside part of the Summer Landing has a beautiful infinity pool. Uh, you can lounge in the lower part of the water or you can hop, or the, in the shallow water, I should say, or hop into the pool itself, which is about four and a half feet deep. has a beautiful view of the wake. Also, there's a bar out there and lots of loungers. But in that area, if you go inside, you're inside the Summer Landing. And inside the Summer Landing is, like I said, a merger of several very popular carnival features from other ships. Some of you may remember the Red Frog Pub that is a staple on a lot of the ships. And in fact, in Galveston, we have it on board the Carnival Breeze. 
They've taken the Red Frog Pub, and if you remember on Vista, they added a brewery to it. Well, we've now taken that and merged it with Guy's Barbecue. And now you have what is called Guy's Pig and Anchor Smokehouse and Brewhouse. And this area is a legitimate smokehouse. They are smoking their own meats. The chef at the chef's table told us all about that. But uh, in addition to having Guy's Pig and Anchor food, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, you've also got a brewery. And I'm not kidding you when I say they are brewing several different types of Carnival-exclusive beer on board this ship. And the beers are incredible. You can do a flight to try out all the different ones. They do have seasonal beers for different times of the year. And then they have the different you know, IPAs and ales and stouts and so forth. It really is a treat. And by the way, you can also do a brewery tour on certain sea days and get to go behind the scenes and see how they make the beer on board the ship. But that guy's pick and anchor smokehouse and brew house. It's a great entertainment venue. They do trivia in there and other activities during the day. In the evening, you'll have a full fledged band playing and they're pretty doggone good on this voyage. They play in several different venues, but uh, they're called the backyard band. And when they're down there, they're playing full fledged country music. Really, really good job doing that. And then you look over to the bar across the way, and you've got uh, all the beers being brewed in the brew house. And then behind that is the smoker area. Now, what they've done with Guy's, and if you've been to Guy's Pig and Anchor Smokehouse before on other ships, you know it's usually only open on the sea days and embarkation day for lunch. Well, they have taken that up a notch. Yes, it is still open for lunch on the sea days and on embarkation day. But they have also added a dinner menu. It is an additional charge, but you can pair the beers with it. And it's different stuff that's not on the daytime complimentary buffet or food line menu, however you want to call it. But you can get two different ways to try Guy's Pig and Anchor Smokehouse on board the Carnival Jubilee. And I would be remiss if I don't mention one other feature of the summer landing, and that is the beautiful and inspiring Heroes Tribute Bar. The Heroes Tribute Bar, or I should call it a lounge, it has the bar next door. But the Heroes Tribute Lounge is something that started from the idea that on every single Carnival Cruise, Carnival Cruise Lines recognizes all our current military members and those who have served in the past with a welcome ceremony. What they've done now on these ships is built in their own lounge. Now, anybody can go in there, but the decor is all thank you military flags, rank insignias, different signs that basically say, we appreciate you. And the lounge is beautiful. It also has a little food truck that looks like an army truck that serves the swirls ice cream. You can go in there and get your swirls anytime you would like. They also have several screens in there. So for example, on Sunday, that was the hangout for folks that wanted to watch the NFL games. And they've always got something showing on the screens there, but it's a very, and, and they have couches and things. It's a very relaxing lounge but a wonderful way to say thank you to our servicemen and women who take care of us every single day. And kudos to Carnival for including that. Now, let's move on to number five in Carnival's top 10 things to do on Jubilee, and then I'll throw a few of my own out there. Go for a dip. Well, I absolutely agree. I did this yesterday. There are plenty of places to swim around Carnival Jubilee. In fact, there are five swimming pools and seven hot tubs on board, not to mention the water park and the hydrotherapy pool inside the spa. So you have so many ways to get wet and uh, cool off a bit. Uh, we did this, in fact, after Costa Maya yesterday. It was very hot and humid, and a dip in the pool felt really, really good after that. But, you know, you go to that summer landing that I mentioned, you have this pool that looks out over the ocean, and then on either side of it, you have hot tubs. And so it really is a chance to enjoy um, a relaxing time and enjoy the view as well. Now, number six on their top 10 list, another thing that I completely agree with, relax in the Cloud Nine Spa. Now, the spa on this ship is two decks, five and deck six. What they've done on the new class of ships, the Excel class, is they've taken the spa, which is traditionally up on those higher decks, 13, 14, or whatever, and they've moved it down into the lower levels. And the thought behind that is that a lot of times when you're getting your treatments in the spa, your eyes are closed. You're relaxing. Sometimes you're sleeping while you're getting that massage or that manicure or the pedicure. So they, they've kind of taken that view away. And, and I can understand where some people might not like that. But especially for the treatment rooms, which are always dark anyway, you don't need it. And you can use that space in other ways, which we will talk about. And I think it's a fair trade-off to do it that way. Now, the Cloud9 Spa has all the things that you would expect, facials, massages, manicures, pedicures, 
they've even started doing IVs so that if you're not feeling your best, you can go get an IV from them. Or if you want to do a weight loss IV, they, they had several different ones that they were telling us about on the tour. And that's something that I had not seen before. They do have the thermal suite where you can go and get a day or a week long pass and enjoy those relaxing tiled loungers and the thermal, thermal suite pool as well. So lots of things to do within the Cloud9 Spa. Number seven on their list is taking a comedy show, and we did several of those uh, this week. All hilarious. They rotate the com the comedians out, so if you unless you're sailing back to back, every time you get on a carnival ship, you'll probably see different comedians. Every once in a while, you'll bump into somebody you've seen before, and you might find a favorite that you like to keep track of and sail when they're on board. But the comedy has been really, really good on board. Now, they, it's something interesting that they do with the comedy on the Excel class ships. They have a punchliner comedy club that is a room that is designed specifically as the comedy club. Now, they use it for other features during the day, especially when they're not doing comedy matinees. But the punchliner is built specifically for comedy. But, you know, if you've been on a carnival ship and you go to what they label the punchliner comedy club, which is usually also the nightclub, it can get very, very busy. You will go in, and if you're not in line 30 minutes before the show, you may not get a seat because they fill up very, very quickly. Well, that's true here as well, but what they have now done is done two comedy shows at the same time. So many of the nights that we've been on board, the Punchliner Comedy Club would have one of the comedians, and then the Limelight Lounge, which is a multi-purpose venue on the ship, uh, would also have a comedian going. So you could go to the PG show here, or you could go to the R show here. It was up to you. And I love that they gave us those options because, number one, it allowed something for families to do, not having to go to the R-rated show if they don't want to take the kiddos. But also, if you can't get into one show, you can try to go to the other one. Now, number eight on Carnival's list of top ten things to do in Jubilee, enjoy a fancy night out. And they talk about the chef's table, which, by the way, is an entire separate episode that we uploaded just not too long ago. You can find it in the archives of our uh, show, The Itinerary. We go through every course of that chef's table, and it was absolutely spectacular. So don't miss that episode, and I agree with them. That is a great way to enjoy a fancy night out. They also talk about the Marina Bar, which is another bar exclusive to Carnival Jubilee. And so I got to agree with them. That's a great choice as well. And in fact, I might put it at number one or number two on my list. Number nine is Roll the Dice. And yes, I'm a casino person. I know some people love it, some people hate it, and some people could just leave it either way. This is one of the largest, if not the largest, casinos at sea. It goes on and on and on and on. It has a huge number of slot machines. In fact, I met with a casino manager, and, and not even a casino manager. I met with a gentleman who is over all of the supplementary services like the casino and the shops, and he was telling me, and I, I wish I'd written down the number, the number of machines that they have, and I think he said it was the most at sea on one ship, and the number of tables that they have. You have every game you can imagine inside of this casino, and it was as busy as I've ever seen a casino on this particular sailing. A bar inside there as well that shows, uh, and it's a large casino bar. That's also another place where you can go and enjoy um, various games, NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, depending on the time of the year. Uh, but the casino itself is really spectacular and really, 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 really big. And we've come to number 10, and that is the 10th thing on Carnival's list, at least what they've determined, are the 10 things you must do on Jubilee. And 10 is let the kids run wild, sort of. Yeah, we don't want the kids running like creating havoc on the ship, but that's why we have these amazing kids clubs. And we're talking about Camp Ocean, Circle C, and Club O2. Those are the young kids, the preteen, and the teen clubs on board Carnival Jubilee, and, and quite frankly, across the entire fleet. Now, I mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, that we had done the chef's table, and one of the things that they had revamped for Jubilee and for 2024 is there some, uh, some of the onboard programs. One of them is the Chef's Table, which is now the Chef's Table 2.0. Another one is the revamp of the kids' clubs. Now, they haven't done a full makeover, but they're adding a few extra things. The uh, Seuss at Sea breakfast, the green eggs and ham breakfast, going to have more characters involved. The parade is going to be... Um, kicked up another notch. Now, they don't have those on our voyage because this is a Christmas voyage. Lots going on already, but they're going to debut here in the coming months. But you do have the great partnership that Carnival has with Dr. Seuss Enterprises, and you can enjoy all sorts of fun for the kiddos with the Seuss characters and, of course, all the stuff that's involved in the kids' clubs, which, by the way, 
are mostly complimentary. Yes, you will pay occasionally for the Night Owls program or for little things here and there, but generally speaking, the kids' clubs are included on board Carnival Cruise Line. So that's their top 10. Now let's talk about uh, what we've experienced. I've got a total of 11 people on board with me this week for the maiden voyage. And I mentioned earlier that these Excel-class ships Mardi Gras, Celebration, and now Carnival Zone Jubilee have six distinct zones on board. Four of them return from the other two ships, Mardi Gras and Celebration, and two of them are exclusive on board Carnival Jubilee. I mentioned one of them in Currents, which is really, really cool, uh, the, uh, the undersea aspect, if you will. Uh, but I wanted to go through all the zones one by one and kind of give you an idea of what you'll enjoy in each of those areas. And we're going to go through dining. We're going to go through all sorts of different stuff as we work our way through the zones. But just for a general overview, you start by entering the ship on Grand Central, and that is deck six, seven, and eight right in the center of the ship. Uh, three decks high has this amazing ocean overlook that is floor-to-ceiling glass windows. Now, they're there during the day, and then at certain points during the day and then in the evening, those panels are replaced by video panels, and they can make the entire wall digital, or they can just make a TV screen in the middle if they want to. But it's amazing what they can do with that area they call center stage, and that is where you will see things like Deal or No Deal, uh, the bingo, the cruise director's morning show with Kendall Fire, all the different things that are done on that stage. And in the evening, it becomes one of two main venues to see entertainment. And you can come and sit for a while, enjoy the coffee shop behind it, maybe one of the specialty restaurants on Deck 8, but it is really the central hub of the ship. Uh, the summer landing I mentioned before, which is where Guy Fieri's Pig and Anchor Smokehouse and Brewhouse is housed. It's also where the Heroes Tribute Lounge is. You've got the beautiful pool at the back of the deck on Deck 8 looking out over the wake of the ship. Uh, the Heroes Tribute Lounge, as I mentioned, all these great areas brewing their own beer. That is another area that was on the other ships, but is still very, very nice on board Carnival Jubilee. You have the traditional Lido deck, but it's not just one deck on Jubilee. It's two decks, deck 16 and 17. You'll find a couple of the kids' clubs in that area. You'll also find, obviously, the main pool area. Now, if you've been on an older carnival ship, you might remember the Red Frog Tiki Bar and the Blue Iguana Tequila Bar. They've kind of merged those together and made it the Red Frog Tiki Bar, and it's two stories tall overlooking the pool area. And then you've also got the Seaside Theater. You've got the Lido Deck Marketplace, which is the buffet restaurant. You have Guy's Burger Joint, which is a staple on Carnival Cruise Line. Everybody can't find it the first day on this ship. The reason for that is you're used to seeing it around the pool area, but it's actually in its own location, one deck above the pool area. And once you find it, you won't forget that again. Uh, on top of that, you have things like Street Eats, and we're going to get into that a little bit later when we talk food, uh, and Shaq's Big Chicken, another great addition to this ship. Then you move on to the Ultimate Playground, which is decks, get this, 18, 19, and 20. When's the last time you were on board a ship that had a deck 20? Well, Jubilee does, and that is where you will find the Ultimate Playground. I talked about Ult Bolt, the Ultimate Sea Coaster. You've also got the Carnival Waterworks, the slides, and the splash area for the kids. You have Sports Square, where you can play mini golf and other things. The Ropes Course, all of that available up in the Ultimate Playground. Now let's talk about the new zones. Earlier I mentioned one of the top 10 things that Carnival was bragging about in their top 10 was Currents. And I am actually sitting right now as I record the second half of this podcast in between Dr. Ings and another bar behind me called the, uh, I, I always forget the name of it, uh, the Golden Mermaid. I always want to call it the Brass Monkey for some reason. I guess the 80s hits come into mind. Uh, but uh, I'm sitting right between those two bars and around the corner from Emerald's Bistro 717. Now, a little fun trivia for you on Jubilee. The Emerald's Bistro number on each of these ships is the yard number for the ship. When they build a ship, they don't have the name right away, and they start doing things, so they give it a number. This is order number 717, so Emerald's Bistro is Emerald's Bistro 717 on board the Carnival Jubilee. And now, Emerald's Bistro is part of that currents area that I mentioned earlier that feels like you're under the sea. We're going to talk more about food in detail in just a minute, uh, but you've got the Golden Mermaid Bar, Dr. Inks, which I already read some of the menu to you about. And then you have another brand new zone called The Shores. Now, for those of you that have been on Mardi Gras, you might remember it as the uh, La Piazza. It was where the pizzeria and the uh, uh, the Italian bar and then also the uh, the sandwich shop bar. So they've kind of kept that same concept, but they've kind of renamed it since Galveston 
is on the shore and on the Gulf of Mexico. They've kind of given it that theme. And the Shores area has a marina bar. I mean, what gets more authentic than a marina when you're talking about coming into an island where a lot of people are boating? You also have the pizzeria. Now, on other carnival ships, it's always been called the Cucina del Capitano. On board Carnival Jubilee, it is Coastal Slice, and it is open from real early in the morning until about 4 a.m. They take a few hours off in the early morning hours, but generally speaking, you can get pizza anytime you want it, and it is complimentary. One slice or a whole pie, they will bake it fresh for you right there at Coastal Slice. Now, something new to Jubilee that the sisters Celebration and Mardi Gras do not have is instead of a deli, they have something called Beach Buns. And I love the name in and of itself, but Beach Buns has taken that deli concept to a whole nother level because, yes, yes, you do have the deli favorites, the hot and cold sandwiches, which, by the way, are also available uh, at extended hours. But you also have a hot dog selection, and you can pick out the type of bun, the type of uh, frank that you want. They have your basic ones, and then they have some more exotic, like German sausages and things like that. And it is a really nice way to get a grab a bite to eat. Uh, either for lunch or just at an odd hour when you're just feeling that craving. So Beach Buns, another new exclusive on board Carnival Jubilee. You also have some of the other staples. And when we talk about dining, we'll get to those in just a moment. Now, if you like to shop, this is the ship for you. You've got three different levels of shops and all sorts of different things available. One of the things that they did that I think is very smart on board Jubilee is a lot of people, especially on this voyage, since it is the maiden voyage, wanted to get that limited-time merchandise, the stuff that says the inaugural season or says maiden voyage December 23rd of 2023. They have, instead of putting all of the carnival stuff into a smaller corner shop as it is on board Mardi Gras and Celebration, they have taken the shop that's down by the summer landing, for those of you that have been on one of these ships, and they have turned that into the carnival store. It used to be a liquor store. On uh, Mardi Gras, I don't remember specifically what it was on Celebration, as I've only toured Celebration and not sailed with her, but they've turned it into the Carnival Shop, which I think is a very smart idea, because that shop was extremely busy, and it was, you know, it would have been a lot harder to get in and out of there if it was wedged in a corner somewhere. So I really appreciated that change as well, but we've got all sorts of shopping on board for you from uh, things like Effie to different perfumes and watches, and uh, you name the... The, the, the company, they probably have got something luxurious on board for you. And you've also got the Cherry on Top, which is Carnival's exclusive candy store located right in Grand Central, easy to find. You can go in and buy different candy items, or you can go and select your own choices, make your own bag of candy, and you just pay by the pound, basically. Uh, so you've got all sorts of options within the shopping zones on board Carnival, and all of those mostly, with the exception of the Carnival store, are right in the middle of Grand Central or right off that main area. So very, very easy to find. Effie Fine Jewelry is, is spectacular. I bought a few of those pieces, and they are very, very nice. Uh, you've also got the art gallery on board, for those of you that like to collect art. I was always somebody, to be completely candid with you, I always wondered why they had the art galleries, because I had never been to one of their shows. I'd never seen anybody or met anybody who'd gone to one of their shows. But I guess they had to be doing something right because you saw them on almost every single ship. And then I broke down and went to one of their presentations about uh, the Kincaids, the Thomas Kincaid paintings. And wound up buying two of them that evening, and I bought two more since then. Uh, and they're beautiful, and they hang in my home with uh, great memories of not only that cruise, but also the seminar and where I learned about all the details that are hidden within those beautiful paintings. And so you can certainly go to Park West in the art gallery and learn about different types of art. Uh, let's talk about, um, before we get to food, let's talk about the entertainment on board the ship. I mentioned the Punchliner Comedy Club a bit and the fact that they split it up into two different rooms, which is nice and gives you more chances to see the shows. But they also have the live entertainment that you've come to expect from Carnival. Yes, you have com uh, the, the comedy, but you also have some wonderful shows in both Center Stage, which is in the Grand Central Area, and in your main theater. Now, in the main theater on board, they do have the Playlist Productions. The new show is uh, has borrowed its title from a Megan Trainer song, Dear Future Husband. And it is another one of those shows, about 35 minutes in length, up-tempo, lots of energy, lots of familiar songs. And it's a brand new show that is exclusive to Carnival Jubilee. And they actually did... 
three performances of that show on our cruise so that everybody would get a chance to see that spectacular new production. They also do repeat a couple of the favorites. Soulbound is one of the ones you'll see on this ship that you may have seen on other ships, which is kind of an R&B soul tribute show. And then they had a bunch of different shows in the center stage area. And that's typically where you'll see the guest performers that come on board for a week or two. And they might be a singer or a variety act of some kind. And you'll see those in the center stage area. But they've really taken the entertainment to a new height because there's so many things going on around the ship. And those playlist production shows in the main theater are spectacular. But to see the stuff right in the middle of the action is really, really cool. Now, on top of the production shows, you also have some fun special features. One of the really cool shows that they do on board is Family Feud. And yes, they do it as if you're in the studio audience for a taping of Family Feud. They do auditions in the center stage area on the opening days of the cruise. Anybody can come in and audition. You bring your family, and they'll audition you for one of three shows. They have an early show that does uh, about, I, I think it's about 7 o'clock at night. The late show is about 9.30. And then they do a late night show around 11.30, and that is the adults only one. So if your family gets involved in one of those particular shows, you will be up on stage and playing as the cruise director hosts a full-fledged family feud. And I mean down to the podiums where you punch the buttons, the families on either side, their names behind them in big lights, the board where they're showing all the answers, and the audience participation where you scream out the answers once the families forget them. It really is like being at a live taping of Family Feud, and they do that on one of the nights of the voyages on board. Bingo, of course. You've got deal or no deal going on, and then, of course, all the other activities that have become staples on board Carnival from trivia to karaoke to the comedy clubs and the other entertainment that is on board the Carnival ships. There is always something to do around this ship. And I will say, we have gone to several of the musical acts. We've got a steel drum player on board. We've got the Backyard Band, which is a full-fledged band. We've got Olga, who's playing the piano every night uh, in the... Uh, the, the One of the two bars, you've got a string uh, trio, you've got uh, any number, we've got a Latin band on board, really so many great musical options. Piano bar, I didn't even mention it yet, the Piano Bar 88 is on board, and you can go in there every night and enjoy the sing-alongs. It really is um, something for everybody on board. They have the Rio Carnival, it's another edition uh, it's a high-energy South American music and dance, samba, bossa nova, and so forth. And that takes place right in the heart of the ship there at Grand Central. Spectacular singing, spectacular dancing, and so on. Um, so I highly recommend you check out Dear Future Husband and Soulbound on board. And the, the, the songs are amazing. I mean, Dear Future Husband has obviously the Megan Trainer song, but they've got Marry You from Bruno Mars, Beyonce, Single Ladies. So it's the... It's the it's the ones you would expect if you were celebrating or getting ready to celebrate somebody's wedding. Now, around the ship, I mentioned they've got the different things like Deal or No Deal, the Family Feud, the Bingo. Another thing that's exclusive to Jubilee, because she is a Texas ship, is the Lone Star Tailgate Party. Happens up on the Lido deck, and it's divided, as you might expect a tailgate party to be, into quarters. So each quarter, something fun and different happens. We're talking things like if you were to go to a country fairground, crafts, line dancing, live music, all sorts of fun stuff. And this will be a party that the entire family can enjoy, and it's exclusive, again, to Carnival Jubilee. Um so, again, whether you're going out during the day or the evening, you have so many things that you can enjoy on board Carnival Jubilee. We mentioned the kids' clubs. So the parents can go out and maybe have a night at the chef's table, and the kids are well taken care of. And the night owls, which is their basically their babysitting service in the evening, yes, there's a small charge. But every parent that I talk to says it's cheaper than land, and you have trained people working with your kids. The kids can enjoy something, and the parents can go out and check out the menu maybe at the Dr. Inks Bar, or go have a late-night snack somewhere, maybe at the sushi restaurant. Now, we've held off on talking about food long enough. So let's get to some of the dining options on board this ship. And I'm going to talk with the complimentary options first. So obviously, you have two main dining rooms because you have a lot of people on board. Uh, the two main dining rooms, you have the ability to do a set time, uh, either early or late, usually around 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Or you can do My Time Dining. The My Time Dining is really easy to deal with. You might remember on the older ships, you used to, back in the day, have to either stand in line or go check in at the host stand. Or uh, at one point, you had to go get beepers like you do at uh, TGI Fridays on a Friday night in Houston. 
Not anymore. You just hop on the Hub app, which is Carnival's app. When you're ready to go dining, you punch up the restaurant you'd like to go to, the number of people that are coming with you. You pick their names from your list, and you hit send. And it'll say, okay, right now is a 15-minute wait. Right now there's no wait, whatever the case may be. The app will then notify you when your table's ready. It'll say, hey, your table's ready. It's table 815 in this dining room on deck 7. And off you go, and your dinner's ready to go. I love that feature, but it goes a bit further on board these Excel-class ships. Not only do you have the option to dine in the main dining room, you also have the option to go to some other restaurants. Now, the Lido Deck Buffet is not a surprise to anybody. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner are there. But you also have the ability to go to some other complimentary places. Beach Buns, I mentioned earlier, the hot dog stand. The Blue Iguana Cantina is back with your breakfast tacos and your um, lunch tacos and burritos. You've got Big Chicken by Shaquille O'Neal. That is available for breakfast and lunch and a late breakfast all the way into the early afternoon. But when you go to dinner, you can go to the main dining room. Or you might go to a couple of other complimentary options. Chebang is a fusion of East and West in a sense that it's a menu that has both Mexican food and Chinese food on it. And you might think that's a bit crazy, but you can order across borders. And we went there the other night and, oh, everything was so good. I had um, a quesadilla for my appetizer. And I had Kung Pao chicken as my main. I'm not sure another restaurant in the world where you can do that, but it was pretty spectacular. Um, so Chebang is one you can actually go to his main dining, and as of now, it is complimentary. So you can go in there, order off the Chebang menu, or you can order off the order order. Pardon me, off the everyday menu from the dining room, which is your basic steak and chicken and so forth. You can also go to Cucina del Capitano. Now you get on certain ships in the Carnival fleet. The Cucina del Capitano is an additional charge. But on board this ship, to help with the overflow in the dining rooms, as of now, you can go to Cucina del Capitano, complimentary for lunch or for dinner. And again, if you don't want the Cucina food, you can order some of the staples off of the main menu. You have Guy's Burger Joint, which is complimentary. I mentioned that earlier. Guy's Pig and Anchor Smokehouse and Brewhouse, complimentary during the day. There is a slight charge in the evening, but it's worth it because it's a different menu. And you get to try things that you might not have tried on the other menus because it's it like i said they, they switch it out a bit for you to make it a little more fancy in the evening and then if you go at the right time that band is sometimes playing down in that area and you can enjoy their music while you're enjoying the food and i mentioned the main dining rooms one other place i want to mention that's complimentary is street eats street eats is a, a series of um of food trucks, for lack of a better word, that are on deck 16. They open up about 2 in the afternoon, 3 in the afternoon. They stay open for just a couple of hours. But they each have a bite-sized bowl of something different every day. And so, for example, um, one might have bao buns. One might have pop stickers, pot stickers. You might have a saute skillet, a kebab. Uh, one might be one is a fry stand, and they do a different french fry dish every single day. It's a great place to get a little snack and enjoy... Uh, you know, please your palate, but not overload yourself before you go to dinner. Now, let's talk about some of the specialty dining options. One of the things that Carnival has done is they have brought along two great chefs to bring you food on board these ships. Rudy Soderman, who was the fleet chef for Holland America, which is a Carnival brand, and now has branched out to all of the Carnival products. He has a wonderful restaurant on board called Rudy's Sea Grill. They just call it Plates with Personality. It is a seafood restaurant with a little whimsical twist. And it is a very nice fine dining option for those of you that are looking for that premium experience with a, uh, a special meal. Rudy's would be the place to do it. I mentioned that Emeril is also on board. Emeril has his own bistro. It is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, it is an a la carte restaurant, so you pay by the item. But all of the items on the menu are very reasonably priced. You know, $6, $8, $10, things like that. It is not an expensive place to eat, but it's all of Emerald's favorites. Yes, they have breakfast, and then the menu changes over, and it's the same for lunch and dinner. But we're talking Natchitoches meat pies. We're talking um, muffalettas at breakfast. And a lot of people have been complaining the shrimp and grits are gone. They're not gone from the entire menu. They're just available at breakfast, and you can also get them at the Sea Day brunch. Uh, but Emeralds has a bunch of great options, uh, and you can get those a la carte and sit in this cafe right next to Dr. Ink's drinks and enjoy some great Cajun stuff from the chef that loves to kick it up a notch and bam.
bam, and so forth. Uh, he's also got an appetizer and a main on the main dining menu every single night, and those are available usually at no extra charge, so you can sample some of the Emerald Cuisine in the main dining room. Now let's go through some of the other specialty restaurants. If you've sailed with Carnival before, you've probably seen Bonsai Sushi, which is another a la carte restaurant. You order by the piece or by the roll, and you pay based on what you order, like you would at any sushi restaurant. Well, she has a sister restaurant on board the Excel class ships. This is something we haven't seen in Galveston before. Bonsai Teppanyaki. And you can go in and watch them cook your meal right in front of you. Think something like Benihana. I mentioned the chef's table. We have an entire episode of the itinerary. You can go back in our archives and listen to it, where we go through step-by-step everything that happens at the chef's table. But highly, highly recommend that you check that out. You've got the Carnival Kitchen. This is a cool feature that we have not seen on a Galveston ship before. The Carnival Kitchen is a place where they have, and I didn't count the number of stations, but we'll say 12 to 15 cooking stations. And you go in with one of the chefs of the ship, and depending on which cooking class you choose, you may learn to do breakfast, You might learn about tailgating. You might do a pasta-making course, a pizza-making course, a cupcake-decorating course, maybe a cake-decorating course. There's all sorts of different options offered throughout the cruise. They run around $30 to $50 per person, depending on what you're doing in the kitchen. And then once you're done cooking, you get to sit down and sample all of the things that you've made. Really is a fun experience. You take home the recipes. So if you're uh, somebody who likes to do that kind of thing, the Carnival Kitchen is for you. There is the Steakhouse, the Fahrenheit 555 Steakhouse, which has become synonymous across the the, uh, Carnival fleet. It is available on board Carnival Jubilee with the same great steaks, sides, and additions that you've been expecting. It is an additional charge. It is a flat rate. So you are paying once, and then you order basically one from each column on the menu. I mentioned Rudy's Sea Grill, another great option. The Seafood Shack, if you like lobster rolls or oysters on the half shell or maybe crab legs. This is a place where you can go and order those a la carte and then enjoy a great either snack or lunchtime meal. Now, there's a million bars around the ship. I've mentioned a few. Dr. Inks is being one of them, the Golden Mermaid. You've got the uh, the Heroes Tribute Lounge and the next door is the Guy Fieri's um, Flavor Town Bar. So many different things going on. But a couple of the staples are still here. The Alchemy Bar is still around, live and kicking, and some great cocktails there. You've got the Casino Bar. You've got the Atrium Bar. So you've still got plenty of places for you to be able to find a drink on board Carnival Jubilee. The Golden Mermaid, as I mentioned. The Havana Bar. Uh, the Java Blue Cafe, if you got to get that coffee fix in the morning. Uh, they've got the Onboard Brewery, as I mentioned. And then most of your um, venues have bars as well. So, for example, the, the Punchliner Comedy Club, the main theater, and so forth. You can definitely find a drink around almost every corner. I also mentioned when we were talking the top ten about the spa, and it really is very, very nice on board this ship, and it's something where you can go and get a service, or you can just buy a day pass and enjoy the relaxation areas. Now, on board the ship, as far as the rooms go, there are some new categories that are interesting that they're, that are not available on all the Carnival ships. First of all, you do have the Family Harbor, which made its debut on the Vista-class ships. This is an area where families can uh, have a stateroom. They have several different types, including ocean views and some suites. But if you book in the Family Harbor, you also enjoy the Family Harbor Lounge, which comes with its own set of amenities. We're talking things like an, its own ice cream machine, key card access to the lounge, games always available, Xboxes, and things like that. They also, they also have exclusive food in there uh, at different times of the day and afternoon. So if you want a snack, you can run in there, and, you, and only Family Harbor guests can go into that area. You also have a different decor in your room, and there are other perks along the way as well. So Family Harbor is a great place to consider. And by the way, it is just down the hallway from one of the kids' clubs. So that's a great location, especially if you have younger children. You've also got the Havana Staterooms, which made their debut on the Vista-class ships. Now, they've been relocated. They are no longer all the way at the back of one of the decks. They're actually along the side and the front of a couple of decks. They still do have their own exclusive uh, thermal pool, or I shouldn't call it a thermal pool, but hot tub access. They have their own bar area. So it is a nice little perk. You have an Illini patio instead of a balcony. They have some beautiful rooms in the Havana category, which returns on board these ships. 
But another thing that they've done is added a whole other level of suites. So you do have your traditional ocean suites and your grand suites on board the ship. But they've also taken the suites up another level with the Excel class suites. Now, there are three different types of Excel class suites, the presidential, and then you've got your corner suites around the ship. These are absolutely spectacular suites, and they get you into a premium class. The Excel class gets not only all the suite benefits, but then their own sets of benefits. For example, in all of those rooms, you've got complimentary laundry. You've got the bubble, bottomless bubbles package. If you go up to the presidential level, you also get the thermal suite and the spa. You get priority reservations around the ship, priority debark and embark, your own line of guest services. I mean, there are so many amenities. I can go over all of them with you if you ever want to book one of those rooms. But it really does take it to a whole other level and give you uh, not only a beautiful room, but a lot of exclusive access. One of the things you get is a place called Loft 19. That is a, similar to Serenity, but it is only for Carnival Excel guests. You have a wristband that says, I'm an Excel suite. I, uh, person, and I can come up here on my own. There's also cabanas for rent all the way at the top of the ship on 19. Now, those can be rented by both suite guests and non-suite guests, but if you're in the Excel class suites, you get access to those first. And then if there's any left over, the general public on board can rent them as well. Uh, so lots and lots of interesting options on board these ships. We have really had a great time on board this week. I mentioned that there have been a few hiccups, and, and I will, for full transparency, talk about those briefly. Um, we've had a few ch challenges with the spa area and with them keeping appointment times, and I don't know what the full story is on that. I would suspect that it has to do with they just haven't gotten their timing down yet. Perhaps they have some new people on board. In full disclosure, the spa and a few other areas on board the ship are not directly run by Carnival. They're leased out to other companies. And I don't think that that company has really gotten the hang of it yet. And so they do need a little bit of work in the spa. We've also had a couple of electrical issues. Nothing major, but we had the, uh, I think it was on the second night, the plugs in our room went out. We were unable to plug in CPAP machines or even charge phones. And they called engineering. And within 30 minutes, one of the engineers was up there and had fixed the problem. And I think, quite frankly, it was just a flip tr uh, circuit breaker. But again, they were on it very, very quickly and took care of things as, as quickly as it could be done when you're that late at night. Um, we've also noticed a few inconsistencies in dining. One night it'll be very fast and the next night it'll be very slow and we've never asked them to go either direction. But overall, I would say the crew is doing an outstanding job. Uh, the ship looks beautiful. The, the Christmas decoration around the ship, I'm sitting right now. Uh, just outside of Dr. Inks, looking at a beautiful multi-story Christmas tree. Uh, they really have done a good job of bringing the holiday spirit on board. On Christmas Eve, they did a beautiful uh, sing-along show with a production show cast, and they had Santa hats for everybody. Carnival has really stepped up their game uh, and, and really made this a, a remarkable experience. They also gave us, us a nice gift, uh, something that was in our staterooms when we all arrived on day one, and those are straw cowboy hats that say Carnival Cruise Line on them, and on the back, they say inaugural voyage December 23rd through December 30th of 2023. And I thought that was really nice of them to give us a gift that is exclusive to the people who sailed on board this ship for the first time. Now, anytime you do a maiden voyage, there's always going to be little hiccups. There's always going to be a bit of a learning curve, and you know that going in. But I would say overall, they've done a masterful job. The crew has been spectacular. The ship is gorgeous, and I can't tell you how happy we are to have her here in Texas. Thanks for listening to The Itinerary, the official travel podcast presented by Premier Custom Travel. You can view the schedule of upcoming podcasts or listen to previous episodes on demand by visiting our website at premiercustomtravel.com slash the itinerary. Join us next time for another edition of The Itinerary.